All right, so we're like in the Bronx here with my brother John. Yeah, we're sort of in the Bronx. This is sort of the Bronx, but it's sort of Manhattan too. It's Marble Hill. We're right above Inwood, Inwood Hill. So this, the land we're standing on now used to be on the island of Manhattan until they dug some sort of trench over there to the left, and now it's on the landmass of the Bronx. It's, well, I think this area here is technically known as the Spite and Dival Creek. Which, which means spitting devil. But it's, it's like, it's pretty much like, it's sort of like the Harlem River. Yeah. To about here, and then like over there is the Spite and Dival Creek. Okay. That's why there was a big train crash a while back, right? Yeah. 2014? Yeah. Or, no, 20... The train was going too fast around a curve, and it just, like, crashed out. It was late 2013. It was, like, November or December 2013. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, where the, the, the Metro North kind of has a pretty sharp turn from following the Hudson to following... Yeah. What is this? Just oh, this is salt from the uh, the snow. Guy like fell asleep, or the train operator fell asleep. Or something. They're supposed to have like uh, ways to like make sure they're still awake. Like they have to press a button every ten seconds or something. I don't know. So yeah, I came up to uh, to John's place here to uh, reacquaint myself with the, my father's cats that John adopted, Shadow and Leo. And it went well. You. Uh, Got your hand all scratched up. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not too bad. A little bit of blood. But yeah, John's going to uh, Austria. Uh, maybe. maybe going to Austria with, with his wife, Johanna, in, uh, in a few weeks. So I'm going to come up and... I don't need to feed them because right, someone's feeding them, but he, just, just to play with them yeah, and stuff just, and just give to, them companionship yeah. and see how they're doing, yeah. That would be good because we're going to be away for nine days, which is pretty Yeah. It's weird how it says to New York. <laughs> Is that, I guess it's just New York, New York, New York, right? New York County. Well, Technically, it's known as New York, New York, Manhattan. Yeah, right across this little waterway here is, uh, is Manhattan. Now, what's up here? Like, what, what's that? There's that uh, park over here that we went to that one time? Yeah, this is Inwood Hill Park. It's okay. a really nice park. And didn't they, don't they have the spot where they, they bought Manhattan from the Indians? Yeah. yeah. There's a spot where, yeah, they apparently, yeah. Like, for 15 bucks? That was quite a deal. The name of the, of the, of, I forget the name of it, but it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of the first, uh, I guess, exchange, points yeah. of exchange whatever. And then the Cloisters is, is not too far from here, right? Yeah, the Cloisters is like two parks down. So okay. Inwood Hill and the next park down is Tryon Park and that's where uh, okay. that's where the Cloisters are, which are really fantastic. Yeah. Remember we went there with uh, yeah. with Rule, remember? Rule. Yeah. That was uh, one of our one of our overnight skip adventures a number of years ago. Port Authority from Grand Central and take the bus home. So it's kind of a long journey, but it should be fun. Well, you have like 27 minutes maybe to 
Grand Central, then you have to take the shuttle. I'm just going to walk because I have the 1001, so I'll, I'll be fine. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll be fine. I, I figured it all out. Yeah, you'll be fine for the 1001. Yeah. When it gets later here in New York City, the transit options going back to New Jersey get less and less as the later and later it gets. You have to really you have to do all this like complex like uh, scheduling to figure out how to get from point A to point B. But you will end up with basically. But you you still have the same place you get off the bus at the top of uh, Franklin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you have to walk. Yeah, it's not too far. Yet. No, not 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 too far. Now you commute. Now you're going to work. How many like how many days a week now? You work in like Lower Manhattan, right? Yeah, I go in as many days a week as I can. I mean, some weeks I go in every day. Some day, some weeks I go in two, uh, four or three days. But. So how do you get? You go to so you take this train to Grand Central. Then what? Then I take the four or five down to Wall Street. Okay, it's not too bad. And it's near that Zuccotti Park where they had that Occupy Wall Street a few yes. years ago. Yes. It's yeah. Right across the street. Yeah. I think it was with maybe it was with Rule that I went when they were doing that protest, Occupy Wall Street. That was wild to see it firsthand. Yeah, the um, the app is pretty cool now. You can see the train approaching. Oh, there's like a map. Yeah. Oh wow. We don't have that for the train bus. Is still approaching Spite and Dival. Okay, so the train is uh, going to be a, probably a minute or two late here. Yeah, there it is. Well, yeah, a couple of minutes late. It's there it is, approaching that's, Spite. That's, that's where the crash happened. Yeah, that, yeah that, there's like a curve. A curve right there. Derailment. So you live, you, you work right by the, uh, the World Trade Center, right? Like 10 yeah, World like, Trade like, Center? I never, I never go, I really never interesting i never go to the world i never go to the uh to the to the ground zero and i never go out to battery park you know it's really a beautiful yeah yeah um, you go to italy there and yeah i go to italy the world trade center and i'm more i more go towards the south street seaport sort of direction yeah towards the east river but i I, yeah i rarely go out towards battery park or that's sort of south or west towards the ground zero yeah just never go over there I've never been to the museum, the 9-11 museum. I should go eventually. Me neither. Yeah. I was, uh, no, I've never been down there. But, um... I, I went to the, uh, you know, that area when they first opened it, but it was all closed off. You had to go through metal detectors just to go see the, the fountains that were the imprints of the original buildings. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like the first time you were allowed to go down oh, there. Oh, after, yeah. After yeah. 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 Now it's all open. You can just walk up to it. I used to love biking down there. And I'd bike... Well, now it's quite a bike ride to get... I think I did it once from here. It's like the entire... It's like 13 miles back and forth. Yeah. But back when I lived, like, in Brooklyn or in Midtown, in uh, Chelsea, I would bike down to Battery Park. And then the bike path, basically, going back up, you would go right through Ground Zero... Okay, yeah. Like back when it was still like, like yeah, walled yeah. off and like yeah. partitioned off, but you'd go right sort of through the middle of it when you would on the bike path. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I have a tape uh, I recorded with Peter Litke in uh, 2002, and we were going to come down. He, it was going to be his first time seeing 
ground zero. I guess at that point you had to go to like uh, Brookfield Place or the old World Financial Center and you could sort of see it from a distance, right? You, there wasn't really any great vantage point like yeah. at that point. It was like a year later, not even a year later. I have memory of being down there when they were still like knocking down the the other like the buildings. Yes, I know. Still, I, like, I, I, I sort of condemned and they were still like knocking all those buildings I went down. there six days later and I, and I was uh, on Park Row and I saw the... Uh, the Borders Books was still standing. I saw it from right down the street. Like it was, I was like a block away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I took the ferry boat over there. Yeah. It was wild. Um, and they still didn't build two World Trade Center. That's very strange. They're still working on it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's supposed to be a two, but they, they still haven't made it. I've never been in the, the Freedom Tower. But yeah, I went. I, I went to the observation. It's worth seeing at least once. Oh, you just went to the observation deck. Yeah, many years. It was back in 2015. I went there. Yeah. Here, you see this? Well, there's sort of like a weird cliff, a little canyon that comes through over there. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a cliff face over here. I guess they. Oh, here it comes. Yeah. With the three lights on the front of the train. Oh, this goes out to Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. I took the train. Remember, I, I remember that one day. It was Martin Luther King's uh, day, and uh, I went to work. But I, it was the first time they closed, so I, I just randomly came to Poughkeepsie on this line. Yeah. Oh, really? That yeah, was a cool. Well, you have to go through Croton Cro- Harmon. You have to change a Croton. Probably, I probably had to change. Yeah, yeah. It to go to Poughkeepsie. Croton Harmon, and then you can change over to the Poughkeepsie line, train to Poughkeepsie. But yeah, this is what like twenty minutes. What do we say? This right, right is down to Grand Central. Twenty this minutes. Would be like twenty. Yeah, twenty-five. Minutes. Twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Uh, All right. This is the Metro North. All right. Well, it's good seeing you. Plenty of seats. Yeah. All right. right. See you soon. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Let's get on the train here. Yeah. Hey, bye-bye. We're on the train. So I'll sit on the right side of the train here. Came from work. I uh, came into work today, and you know I work real close to Grand Central, so um, yeah, I have my backpack from work, and uh, yeah, so yeah, so I'm gonna take care of his cats, or just come see them. I totally understand. I whenever I go on vacation, I have cats. I'm so stressed out for like months beforehand about the cats and leaving them. So this Metro North has this cockamamie system of peak and off-peak. So I knew I was coming up on peak, but I would be going back on off-peak. But I didn't, like, I was trying to buy a ticket that would be, like, part peak and part non-peak, but I couldn't figure it out. So I just bought two peaks. I guess I wasted a little bit of money, but I don't know how to get it that way. So yeah, now we're, uh, yeah, so this train... Yeah, staying in the Bronx for a while, because this stops at uh, Yankee Stadium, in fact. And uh, then it crosses over into Manhattan and eventually goes to Grand Central. Yeah, so as we mentioned, this train goes uh, up the Hudson River on the east side. This 
like an iconic train ride for the people that live up there to go into Manhattan. It's like an alternate version, an alternate reality version of New Jersey Transit. The Metro North goes a bunch of places. It also goes up to Connecticut. It goes all over the place. I think they actually... Did they go to New Jersey? Or... It's weird because there's like those trains that start off in Jersey and then they... You have to switch to a New York train like in Suffern. You know what I'm talking about? Oh cool. What are all those buildings over there? Oh, I think that's Manhattan over there. Yeah. Cool man. Where's Yankee Stadium?
that uh, has been going this right now. It's like the comes going since like 2007. It's a long time ago. I think hopefully we'll get it all sorted out. But uh, yeah, when we get to Grand Central, I'll tell you more of the uh, saga. I know we have. I know. I know we. Oh, Grand Central next. Nice. I know we left it off as they deleted a ton of data and I was waiting to hear back from them. So that was a couple days ago. I did hear back from them. God. Alright, we'll get to it in a moment. So this article came up on my feed here. London Overground. New names for its six lines revealed. So I guess this must be an above ground transit system in London, England. The Lioness Line, yellow parallel lines running through Wembley. The name is to honor the achievements of the England women's football team. I don't know how to pronounce this. Mildme, M-I, Mildme, Mildme Line. Blue parallel lines. It has been named after the small charitable hospital in Shoreditch, which played an important role during the HIV AIDS crisis in the 1980s. You have the Windrush Line, Windrush Line, red parallel lines running through several areas with strong ties to Caribbean communities, including Dalston Junction, Peckham Rye, and West Croydon. It has been named to honor the Windrush community. Wasn't there that song by Thomas Stolby's? The Croydon Girls. Croydon Girls? I don't know. We have the Weaver Line. Maroon parallel lines with stops including Liverpool Street, Spitalfields, Bethnal Green, and Hackney. The route travels through several areas of London known for their importance in the textile trade. The Suffragette Line. We're sister soldiers in petticoats. Dauntless crusaders. No, no, okay, that was Mary Poppins. Green parallel lines. Named to celebrate how London's East End working-class community fought for women's rights. The line also runs to Barking, home of the longest-surviving suffragette, Annie Huggett, who died age 103, 103. They have the Liberty Line, gray parallel lines. According to TFL, I don't know what that is, it is named to reference the historical independence of the people of the borough of Havering, 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 though through which it runs, as well as the celebrating a defining feature of London. Hmm. So I guess these these lines just had colors and they named them. Cool, man. Transit news, baby. What, do they see that I'm on a train and they're giving me train-related news now? That's pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> they know everything about us. They're giving me articles based on the situation I'm in at the moment. They figure because I'm on the Hudson Line train... Heading into Grand Central, I want to hear news about trains, which is actually true. I don't mind it. I don't mind. I don't mind getting some train news. Trains are cool, man. Yeah, baby. But hopefully you're hearing this show as long as my website didn't blow up again. And the website was completely down for many hours yesterday. As it turns out, I don't know why. We'll get to all that, though. Ay ay ay! What madness! Madness! Oh, a cool little underground area. 
59th Street. Oh, we're not there yet. We're, we're, we're a bit, we have to get to 42nd Street. It's cool though. It's like weird little underground areas. Wasn't there something like President Roosevelt? The second Roosevelt, the Franklin guy. He had his own private train station to go to a... Because he wanted... When he was president, he wanted to go to a hotel. He didn't want people hassling him because he was president. And uh, so he, he made his own train station right under un, down here in this underground area to go to a hotel. It's really cool. The only thing we have to fear, that guy, is fear itself. It's a pretty philosophical statement. Can you imagine the, the recent president saying something like that? Come on, man. Fear? Come on. Alright, we've stopped now. I guess we're waiting for some uh, other trains. It's so late at night, though. There should be room for us to, like, find a, find a track, don't you think? An arrival gate? An arrival track? Were they confused? I don't know. Ooh, I just heard that sound. I guess that means they're releasing the air brakes when it goes... Yeah. I think it is. See like weird other trains in the darkness over there. It's a pretty iconic motion arriving at Grand Central. Yeah, so like where we are now is basically they dug a huge trench in what is Park what is now Park Avenue, dug a huge trench put the train tracks in and stuff, but then they covered it. And so essentially Park Avenue is the roof of this structure. And that's where we are right now, in this vast underground uh, train structure. I think this is where the mole people live, you know, when they talk about the mole people living underground. I think this is, this is one of the mole people uh, areas. I don't know if you see any of the mole people in, in, in the distance, I don't know. any at the moment. Oh yeah, and there's two levels, so I guess we're going down. So I guess we're going on a lower level. Here's some someone talking in the distance. I have no idea what that is though. It's a very groovy underground world here. I think we're almost there. I suppose. Is that right? It's 9.09 p.m. Yes, I, pl I, I planned it out this way. My my bus is not till 10.01, so I have like 50 minutes to what, I mean, would probably be a 20 minute, well, 30 minutes would be comfortable, but I don't have to worry at all. I don't have to stress out or rush. got plenty of time to get over there. I'm just going to walk. I mean, from here to Port Authority, like taking a subway or walking is kind of, I don't know, could kind of be the, uh, depending on when you get the subway, I don't know if it's going to be about the same. 
Anyway, so what happened was I got this website. You know, when I first had when I had my first websites, you could barely you could barely store anything on the website, like maybe 20 megabytes. You know, that seems pitiful by today's standards. But um, by the time I was doing the overnightscape, whatever web host I, I think I was on one in one dot com or something. There was so little storage space that I could only put like three or four episodes of the show on at any given time. And then I had to start deleting them because I didn't have any space. But a few years later, they introduced the unlimited account. Unlimited web space. And I got on DreamHost. I believe it was 2007. And uh, it's unlimited. And I figured, you know, they can do unlimited because the few people like me that are going to use a lot of data are few and far between. So it's called overselling, I think. And then it doesn't matter because most people aren't going to use that much data. Or so I thought. There's <coughs> the dining concourse. Indeed. Give me a second. So, great. And in fact, this unlimited web plan kind of is what allowed the uh, on-sug radio to develop. And, uh, you know, I kept putting more and more stuff on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of stuff on this account. Everything was fine. Up until, I think it was about two years ago, they... Uh, they deleted a huge folder uh, called Shows, the Shows folder that had, like, just mass amounts of shows, like my shows, my MP3 files in there. Uh, they deleted it. And they sent me this, uh, uh, this uh, message, uh, prohibited data deleted, something like that. And I'm like, well, I thought I was on the unlimited plan. They're like, yes, you are on the unlimited plan. There's no limit, except that certain kinds of data are prohibited. I'm like, well, what kinds? Well, the data needs to be related to your website. It can't be just a file sharing site. I'm like, well, everything here is related to my website. It's all the shows on the website. It's on the podcast. They're like, yeah, but this is considered a file archive, so... Yeah, maybe you can, like, uh, keep a year's worth of shows. But, yeah, beyond that, you probably shouldn't. I'm like, okay, whatever. Now, when they delete the files, they do delete them off your web server, but they transfer them to a thing called Dream Objects, which is a cloud a cloud storage system, which you got to pay for, but they give you two months free. So they're not being super unreasonable, but then again, there's really no easy way of relinking those files back to the website. Like, I couldn't figure out any way to do it. I even asked him. So what I wound up doing is I just... I uploaded back the images, and then I, I, I just... I figured that uh, older shows, if they're not playing, they're always in the archive, so it's fine. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's okay. So that's why I started to, like... I live in fear of them deleting my files. Now, by the way, this, is, this plan is like 8 or $9 a month. It's dirt cheap. It's ridiculously cheap 
for the amount of data I'm using. Yes, it was an unlimited plan, but then they... I, I actually found a web archive from 2014, and they had this policy back then as well, about this prohibited data, which they don't tell you what is prohibited data and what isn't. And they don't tell you what... It's unlimited. Because today I said... I wish they would just tell me, you have, you have 100 gigabytes. Uh, you know, they, they don't tell you that. So you're at the whim of the, uh, you know, the, the, the web people, the people at the web host. So anyway, I've been living with this. Yes, a bunch of old shows aren't available, but... And I figured I could probably link them to the versions of the files on the Internet Archive, but that's going to take forever, yada, yada. So anyway, what happened recently? This was just, what, Monday? Today's Thursday? They sent me this notice that they deleted prohibited data, which was uh, the entire Ramplers folder, which is all of the people besides me that upload shows on the channel uploaded to the Ramplers section. And it was like 300 and something gigabytes. So last, from last episode, I wrote them an email, listen, this is not prohibited data. It may look like it's a separate thing, but everything is linked onto the site. And I'm like, this has been dealt with before. Can you please at least... Like you said, restore the last year of content. So that's the last episode. So um, this was, what was this, tu uh, Tuesday night. So I took a gummy before bed. I enjoy those gummies, you know, Delta 9. Pretty groovy. Um, and then right as I was going to go to bed, I saw the guy responded, and he's like, now. We understand that it's linked to your site, but it's still prohibited data. And I was thinking to myself, there's no way you can have this prohibited data on the site. <laughs> it's like, but didn't you just say, like, I could have a year's worth? And no, you can't have it. So I just glanced at it. I was so tired and the gummy was kicking in, so I just went to bed. Meanwhile, I woke up like 4.45 a.m., and I'm like obsessed. I'm like, I, I, my website is, is like crashed out. What am I going to do? And I'm like, no, I shouldn't get up. And I, I, I went on the computer. I started researching stuff. And I found a lot of other people who had the same thing. So I started looking at options. And there is a VPS, virtual private server, that they do offer. Really a lot more expensive. Way more expensive. But... It gives you a number. So there's, there were two tiers that's possible for me. There was a 120 gigs and 240 gigs. I really, the price of the, uh, the 120 is more around what I want to spend. The, the 240 is super expensive, like over $100 a month. But I'm just for the short term to get things back. Let me, let me think about this. So. I'm not going to argue with them anymore. I'm just going to throw money at the problem. I'm just going to buy the higher plan. Right? So the next day, I'm like... I'm thinking, I'm just going to get the 240 because I have like 160 in the normal section and then they just wiped out the 300. So there's like 160 left. So I could easily fit in the, in the, in the 240. But the only problem was on the control panel... It's still showing 300 some odd gigabytes for the, the Rampler's account, even though they deleted it. So I sent them a, 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 an email. I'm like, well, you know, I'd love to upgrade to the VPS to end all of these storage problems. But 
I see that this on the control panel is saying 300 gigabytes, even though it's not there. So the guy writes back. He's like, "Listen, I, I, I the, the control panel is not updated, but don't worry. If you get the VPS, it shouldn't matter. It'll transfer all of your files, all of your users, all of your websites over to the new server. Don't worry about it." I'm like, "Wow, great." So I'm like, "Listen, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to do it. It's a lot of money, but I'm just going to do it month by month for now and figure out what the you know if I can." whatever you know what is the best plan but I want to just fix things for now so I go ahead and get the VPS 240 tier eye watering prices but what do you want so it says uh, sends me an email okay your virtual private server is set up and we're copying the files over right now like great so I go to check my websites and uh Everything seems to be working, but onsug.com, which is the main website, is, uh, is, is blank. It's a white screen. It says, error 500, cannot load website. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, so they transferred it to the new server, and now it's crashed out. So I start doing all this research. And there's all these people that say, yes, when my website was transferred from shared hosting to VPS, I, my site crashed out. It had the error 500. I'm like, great. So I'm like... It's good everything's transferred over. Now I don't have to worry about anything. Everything's on the new server, but the site crashed. So, of course, I write an email to support. But And then I hours and hours go on, no response. So I start Googling about Error 500. And, uh, you know, they talk about make sh- check your HT Access file. So I, ca- I can do that. You know, you download the HT Access, run it in a text, ed- text editor, change the text re-uploaded see if it, nothing was working hours and hours passed finally I find this one website where it's like listen try to do this one thing add one line of code in your PHP so your WP config PHP file for your WordPress install uh, increase memory dot 256 I put that in there I'm like there's no way in hell this is going to work I load the site and it's back working. I fixed it. I fixed the website by putting one line of code. What the hell? I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. It's all working. So then this morning, I'm like, now, because I have 160, I'm going to upload 2022 and 2023 and 2024 back onto the Rampler server because I downloaded, I actually bought a hard drive yesterday, (laughs) right, which came in the afternoon. I bought the hard drive downloaded all 300 gigabytes onto it and so now I have them and I uploaded uh, the, what the two years and two months only 40 gigabytes or so which keeps it way under 240 that's what I was doing this morning I was uploading the uh, that which should bring things back to normal so the last two years of shows will be on there of course anything older um, you, everything's on the archive so you don't have to worry about it and additionally, I'm like, okay, I have to upload the images of the older data on Ramplers, but I can do that later. So, it's, I felt like every, and I've been making updates, update posts on the site. I'm like, finally, everything is fixed. Everything's good. I'm feeling good about this. Everything, everything's working. I think we got through this crisis. So, this afternoon, I'm like, uh, 
looking on those control panels, and it's still showing that there are zero, there's zero data on the VPS. I'm like, this is like 24 hours later now. I thought everything was transferred to the VPS, and now there's zero there, and it's, it's still showing all the websites are on the old server. So I contacted customer support. This time I tried to do a chat. It took about 40 minutes to get onto the chat. Um, and I said, yeah, well, did everything transfer over to that new server I bought for like over $100 a month? And the guy's like, yeah, let me check. He's like, yeah, no. No, it didn't transfer. He's like, let me talk to the admins. And, he's, and after a while, he's like, yeah, you know, because you have too much data on there. There's a 300 gigabytes in that folder. And I said, well, no. The last person told me that the 300 gigabytes was mistaken and it shouldn't affect it. Shouldn't affect it. He's like, yeah, that's preventing it from uh, transferring the files. Sorry, sorry, pal. Let me talk to those admins. And then he's like, yeah, this is going to be a manual job. This is going to be manual. We have so so like now they're going to do a manual job to transfer my files. <laughs> I don't know when is this going to happen. So nothing's been transferred yet. So all the technical issues that could happen with this transfer haven't. I thought I thought we were over the hump, but no. <coughs> all of the potential issues that could happen could we're I'm still on the old server. So that begs begs the question. Why did my site crash? Nothing changed. It was still on the old server, but it crashed anyway. Just a coincidence? I, I don't know. I mean, were they reconfiguring things perhaps for the transfer? And that's when it didn't transfer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But so I was also super happy that I was able to keep the old posting system for the other people that post on the site. Everything was working. I don't know. It's still going to work when we go to the new server. So as of this morning, I was thrilled. Everything was working. Everything was great. And now it's almost like we're back to square one with this whole process. Oh, my God. The site's still up at the moment, I believe. I just... I I don't like the sound of this manual transfer process. Oh, my God. Just because there's a bit of data that has the total space in this account the sub the user account it's not updating it's it's there's a bug in there or something oh my god so we'll see what the next step is uh i don't know i'm hoping everything will go well and then we'll have the 240 gigs i suppose i can pay for it in the short term in the long term it's a hell of a lot of money but um maybe i can get it down to 120 i don't know I know there's other solutions, but, oh, God, what the hell's going on? We're walking down 42nd Street here. How much time do we have? Can we go into, we go into Times Square, see what's going on? I think so. 927. We can, we can walk around a little bit, I suppose. This big ad multiple billboards around this entire building for Dune Part 2 Javier Bardem is Stilgar Rebecca Ferguson is Lady Jessica I could swear I watched Part 1 on a streaming service it wasn't even in the movies I don't think 
This is not. I, I don't know. Based on the first part, I, I I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm not gonna go to the movies to watch it. Come on, Dune. I never read the books. That's probably why I'm not really that into it. Let's see what's going on here. You should have time to take a little detour into Times Square, don't you think? Indeed. Yeah, I want to see that Tamashi Nation store, which should be right over here on the 43rd. Is this? This part of Times Square is like just covered with a huge scaffolding. It's like being in some sort of weird building or something. Tamashi Nation. This is like a Japanese like nerd store for like toy robots and stuff. I don't think it's open at the moment though. I read they closed at nine. I want to check this store out, then we'll head up over to the bus terminal. They gotta get a drink of some sort. So I'll go to Dwayne Reed. Dwayne Reed, which has become all the more depressing since they've had to put most of their products behind locked, locked plastic cases because of all of the shoplifting going on. The Tamashi Nation store in New York. It's a giant Gundam robot in the window. Ooh, one piece. All sorts of fun stuff. Thousand Sunny. Oh, that's the second one. The second boat. The first one was uh, Going Merry. Yeah, it's a small robot store. Great. Oh, we can walk this way. We can walk past the parking garage. Oh, this is where that umbrella, that, that umbrella dis dispenser I talked about last time is over here. Yeah, I haven't really hung out in Times Square too much recently. Man, I have such memories of Times Square going back to, like, uh, late 80s. That's a long time. Oh, Donald Duck and a Mickey Mouse. Wow, these costumed creeps. Here's, here's if, two. Uh, 53rd Street. If this is 43rd. Is higher? This way, yeah. Thank yeah. You, two two cops on horseback. Yeah, yeah, I gave good directions. 53rd is that way. Absolutely. Horse cops. Remember that song I wrote called "Horse Cop Coffee Leaf." What does it mean? I wrote it. I don't know what it even means. Coffee leaf is kind of like a cocaine leaf, maybe? I don't know. This is some cool horses, though. I wonder. I think police horses are probably treated pretty well, though. I don't know, actually. Those horse-drawn carriage horses probably aren't. Well, the police horses are meant to, like, uh, scare crowds because cops are bound by laws, ostensibly. <laughs> but horses... If you're if you're act if you're if you're acting like an idiot around a horse, the horse really isn't bound by any laws. Could kick your ass. They say that's one of the reasons they have horses. Horse cops. The Harry Potter play here, which is like I guess the continuation of the Harry Potter story as a play, as opposed to a book or a movie. You guys have come to New York to see it. 
Harry Potter and the Cursed Child or the Cursed Child? That's tough, because sometimes with the ED, like there's a town in New Jersey called Forked River, but or is it just called Forked River? I could swear I've heard people say Forked River. Cursed Child or Cursed Child. I don't know. I don't know what the right... Is, is one British and one American, or... I don't know. Is it, is it your choice? Here is the Los Tacos Numero Uno. It's a taco place. Very busy. They have, like, cactus tacos. I know they're a vegetarian. I don't know if they're vegan, though. Ooh. Oh, there's, there's the horse cops. They're following me. Very 19th century, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, Doubt Apparel. There's the... Uh, oh, look, they have, the, they have the image of the new actress on there since Tyne Daly dropped out. I talked about last time. Amy Ryan. Yeah. Doubt. Did he or didn't he molest those kids as a priest in 1960s? It's, you, they, don't, they don't give you the answer. You remain in doubt. It wasn't all right. It was all right. It's not... It just feels not really worth worrying about, but... It was good, though. <laughs> I know that's contradictory. It was good, but it, I wouldn't recommend you spend your time or your money to go see it, because it just didn't really seem that... It was a very small story. I'm not really describing it properly. Um, yeah, here's the Icon Parking, where we parked... And there's that, uh, is it there? The umbrella vending machine. Oh, yeah. Where you can get a free umbrella as long as you return it in 24 hours. Otherwise, you get charged for it. I talked about that last time. Uh, got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Come on. I do need to get some water, though. Or something. Maybe a more fun drink. Maybe some <coughs> Japanese iced tea. Maybe. And here are the horse cops waiting at the light. We're going the same way, I guess. Good boy, good boy. Ooh, he just... <laughs> the horse just pissed. Good boy. Good horse urination. Yeah. <laughs> here they go. Yes, indeed. So this bus I'm getting used to be the 10 o'clock bus, right? But as there's a rule in the bus terminal, which is that after 10 a.m., the buses go in this other area. So everyone, no one understood. Is the 10 o'clock considered after 10 o'clock or is it it's just right at 10 o'clock? So is it in the old place? So there, No, let's just make it 10 one just so you know, it's after 10 o'clock. <laughs> Even at work, we have that like, like on our website previews where it's supposed to, like the website's supposed to update at 5.30 a.m. But we don't know, is it exactly at the beginning of the 5.30 or at the middle of, so we'll just do 5.31, just to make sure it works. 
just to avoid confusion at that minute there because that's definitely after 5.30. 5.31 is definitely after 5.30. 10.01 is definitely after 10 o'clock. Yes. It works. So yeah, because it's 10.01 going up to those 300 gates, it is just a uniquely weird feeling waiting for the bus up there. And that's what I'm heading for. I know. Every time I'm in the city late, you have to go to those three, the 300 area. Where time seems to pass so slowly. A minute is an hour. that fish song a week is an hour and a month is a day but yours just leases me further away oh wow this this place is closed do I have to go over to do I have to go over to Dwayne Reed I think so I think I have to, I have time to go to I want to get something to drink let me go back out and go to Dwayne Reed I need a drink damn it why did they close everything up it's not that late was it it's not even 10 o'clock yet Who's this person? It's a mournful whale. Hey. Hey, you. Out there on your own. Can I help you? Can I help you? I don't think that's the lyrics. Hey, you. Oh, maybe the world of beer is open. I can buy a bottle of water for like $9. What is it? Madison Square Garden pricing? Get out of here. Saxophone. Some saxophone going. What is a band without saxophone? More fish lyrics. The world of beer appears to be open. Yeah, baby, that'll help. I'm not going to get beer. I'm going to get just a drink of some sort. The whole thing of pizza over there on the ground. Yeah, I got what exactly what I wanted. Idoen uh, Oyocha Matcha Green Tea. Kyoto Uji Matcha. So I got my green tea for the bus. Got like almost 20 minutes before the bus. Fine. And I didn't have to go into Dwayne Reed. It's just Dwayne Reed. I've always appreciated the depressing tone of Dwayne Reed, but it's gotten more depressing over the years. So if I can avoid it. I might want to avoid it. Tonally, it's a bit much. All right, final approach. What, everything on this side of the building is closed and the other side of the building is open? Wired Magazine. I finally stopped getting Wired Magazine again. I'm glad. I I used to be a great admirer of Wired Magazine. Eventually uh, canceled it because it was just pointless at this point. Had gone down so much in quality. Then Entertainment Weekly went went belly up. Then they started sending us Wired again, and then they stopped sending us. Listen, I don't need Wired magazine. It was good. It was good while it lasted. I don't know. It's a shadow of its former self at this point. All right, the front here. The escalators up to the 300 area. Ah. Oh. Can feel time slowing down. Every minute will feel like an hour here. 
ticketed passengers. I'm I, I'm ticketed. Oh, I got a I got a bunch of tickets. I'm ticketed. What gate is it again? Three o eight maybe. I got to, I got uh, tickets. I got too many tickets at this point. Tickets required to board buses. Yes, this is the uh, this is the one. What time is it? You got too much time at this point. Eesh, thirteen minutes, fourteen minutes. I that'll feel like twenty hours. <laughs> <coughs> All right, I'm off the bus already. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. I didn't feel like 20 hours. It was all right. So, uh, Stoic 2 was on the bus. Yes, one of the bus people from the distant past. Yeah, remember remember the Stoic man. My preferred bus seat has always been, uh, especially going in, the back seat of the bus on the right side of the bus. But the stoic man would sit one seat up from there. And if the bus was empty, I felt like a, a jerk sitting right behind him. It felt like a personal space invasion. So I wound up sitting on the other side of the bus when the sun would be in my face. And this guy was very stoic. He would just sit there with this sort of blank expression on his face. Anyway, he vanished. He, he, after a while, he wasn't there. But then this woman would sit in the same spot as him when I got on the bus and caused the same problem. I called her stoic too. And she was there. Well, she sat, yeah, she sat on this one seat up from the back. So, listen, people have their preferred seats, okay? So, yeah, stoic too from the olden days. I don't know what other bus people I see. Well, obviously I saw the similar man recently. He wasn't there this morning, but he's a guy that I find similar to me in many ways, the similar man. You make up these names in your head for the people on the bus. And uh, I was also shocked to see on the ride back the iconic gas station there in Lyndhurst, right, right by the bridge. In fact, I went to that gas station fairly recently when I, went the, when I went to get the oil changed in my car, my father's car. That's now my car. I needed gas, so I stopped by that Exxon station. It's uh, sort of been iconic. The bus always goes past it. I have a few show arts that have pictures of it, etc., they're rebranding. They're no longer going to be Exxon. They're going to be Fuel 4. I guess, uh, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know the gas business so well, but I'm assuming that they have to pay Exxon a ton of money for the use of their brand. So maybe Fuel 4 is cheaper. I looked it up. There's a website. It's like a New Jersey, it's like sort of a generic gas station Fuel 4. A pretty piss poor logo, but... I don't know, sometimes those logos, maybe they're, they're meant to be kind of, just, it's just a gas station. You don't need a fancy logo. You need fuel, okay? So the, but so uh, it still says Exxon and Fuel 4. I guess, they're, I guess they're right in the transition between the two. Look at this ice. It sound, I think it'll make a nice sound if I step on it. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Anyway, here's where I used to live. So I would, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. What were those uh, those signs these have? If you lived here, you'd be home by now. Was that trying to promote housing developments? Oh, there's people in there in the, the house they used to live in, the condo. Look at this, yeah. I never met them, what, and because the closing was during COVID, so I never met them. 
And there's the window to the old Overnightscape studio. Look at that. Do the new people know what happened in there? How many hundreds, if not thousands, of episodes were produced in that room? They don't understand the greatness of that room in an on, an unsug way. But of course, I currently live a bit further from the bus stop. So it'll be a few more minutes. But yeah, so it's Fuel 4. That's gonna, it's like, I don't know. Because they had that tiger, you know, put a tiger in your tank. Does that tiger have a name? Is he like Mr. Exxon the tiger? Or I don't know. Let's just bring back Esso. Forget about this Exxon. Esso was classic. Okay. If you go to other countries, they still have Esso. I think in Italy they had Esso. In Canada they have Esso. But here we have Exxon. Yeah. There's a big chunk of snow in the middle of the sidewalk. Kick it so it doesn't block the path. Yeah. Whew, yeah, this website, man, it's driving me nuts. I mean, I felt like, okay, I'm going to spend the money. And now they're putting me through this additional rigmarole. <laughs> the hell? We'll see. Hopefully, it'll all work out. So I finally found it. As you may have heard on last episode's other side. Yes, the episode of Jack Benny called the Who's the Better Comedian that I heard when I was really young. It was on a cassette tape I bought at the supermarket called Radio Reruns. And uh, it was one of my first exposures to old-time radio. If you heard it, I, I played it on last uh Last, uh, yeah, last episode at the very beginning of the other side. It's, uh, Jack Benny was, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, who's the better comedian, Jack Benny or Fred Allen. This is on the radio back in the 40s. And someone says, I think Allen's Alley's the funniest thing on radio. Oh, yeah, anyone could do that. Well, I'd like to see you try. All right, let's try it out. So they, instead of Allen's Alley's Benny's Boulevard, and instead of Portland, her name is Cleveland. And the senator, instead of being from the south, is from the west. I must have listened to that a hundred times on my little tape recorder in the 70s or early 80s. And I knew it was the, the right one. I, I, it was burned in my mind. Pickle in the meal in the mustard on top. Just the way you like it and it's always hot. I want to thank Dave in Kentucky... Because uh, I mentioned it, I talked about it on the recent Central episode of Old Time Radio, Old Time Religion, and Old Time Rock and Roll. So he sent me an episode. I think there were a lot of crossover episodes between uh, Fred Allen and Jack Benny. But the one he sent me was not the right one. So it led me on a search, and eventually I found it. Uh... I, I listened to that without having really any idea who Jack Benny was, Fred Allen, or any of these things they were talking about. But it fascinated me because they were doing something in, in sound that I had never heard before. Oh, yeah, so instead of Allen's Alley, it was Benny's Boulevard.
the senators like, uh, I hate the East. When I bake bread, I don't, I don't use East. And Jack Benny's like, that's yeast. I thought you'd get a rise out of it. See a lot of that play on words humor. Now, wait a minute. That was one of Jack Benny's uh, catchphrases. Now, wait a minute. And, and like the big humorous aspect of Fred Allen is that he had bags under his eyes. <laughs> As one of my eyes said to the other, let's pack our bags and go. And Jack Benny was cheap. He was like a cheapskate. Uh, amazing stuff. What a different world. Even before my time, I know I'm old, I'm not quite that old. I wasn't really around to listen to Jack Benny in the first time around, but... Well, there's all, you know, in a past life, maybe. Or a future life, I could reincarnate in the past. Could happen. I don't know. The 40s, is that a good time to live? Any, I guess any time's a good time to live, as long as you have, a, like, a decent life situation, you know. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, a lot of stuff. Can you reincarnate in the future? In the past, I mean. Choose a, choose a year in the past? I would imagine so. If there's such a thing as reincarnation, why not temporal adjustments? Now, come on. Please. Plus, you'd want to, because you want to try different things out. You know? Different, different pathways through the, the place. The earth place here. Yeah. Gaudy, Gaudy old style font. I don't know. I, I, I like that font, but I don't know why it, it's starting to annoy me more. You don't see it too much. It's not overused. It's something about those curves, especially the uppercase L, the bottom, the bottom segment of it, the, at the, towards the right end, the way it curves. I don't know. I used to dig it, but... Listen, I'll take that a million times before that freaking Palatino, which is so overused. I think I see Palatino somewhere every day. Freaking... There's other forms besides Palatino. Anyway. All right, around the final stretch here. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, at lunch we went to this uh, good uh, Korean vegan place called Francia on Park and 35th. And I had Dukbuki, and I knew how to pronounce it from my, uh, my days of being a K-pop fan for Luna. Yeah, I can't. I'm not into K-pop anymore. Once Luna broke up, I just can't. I'm not into them anymore. But they love dukbuki, which are these like rice, chewy rice cylinders, in a super like hot sauce. Dukbuki. The way it's spelled, it says it's like T T E O K E O E I U. I don't know how to spell this thing, but I remember super researching it. It's dukbuki. So when I ordered it. Like, hey, can I have the dukkabuki? He's like, yes, dukkabuki, yes. I said it exactly right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. Korean rice cylinders. Hey, it's the next day. I'm watching Alexi Sales stuff. Hi there, and welcome back to another award-losing series of stuff. The show that's been ripping apart the academic and scientific communities 
with its advanced theories on the nature of the universe and the stuff what's in it. This week, do scientists consider the moral dimension? Because recently, defence scientists have developed a device which kills people in the most gruesome, hideous way possible and yet leaves buildings standing. It's called a mortgage. <laughs> defence. We spend millions every year, billions in fact, on useless defence research with the justification that there's always a spin-off into the domestic market. Is this true? I suppose so. Recently, I did buy an armor-plated, heat-seeking ironing board. So, yeah, I, I have really never watched this show. I've been aware of its existence. Of course, Alexi Sale was uh, one of the co-stars on The Young Ones, uh, a British uh, surreal comedy show that uh, was shown here in the U.S. on MTV in the 80s, and so a whole generation of uh, Generation X uh, MTV viewers uh, sort of uh, really fell in love with The Young Ones as one of the greatest uh, comedy shows of all time. Uh, Alexi Sale played, uh, he wasn't one of the main four characters, but he played um, this family of like criminals known as the Volofskis, I think. And so but he was always a huge part of the show. And I had heard of this Alexi Sale stuff, and this, uh, I don't know why, I started watching it on season two. I found some episodes on YouTube. Really, really good stuff. Really, uh, you know, it's from the same kind of branch of uh, surreal humor, but this is more, um, I guess you could say, you know, sort of like a sketch comedy show, but just like what you just heard, like Alexi Sale is <coughs> kind of doing stand-up bits like on the street. <coughs> and uh, really, really amazing. I'm glad I'm, I'm finally sort of checking out Alexi Sale's stuff. Um, but this episode, uh, the next segment, uh, actually does this gag that uh, I've seen before. I don't know if this predates or, or is after David Letterman did a similar thing. But let's see let's see where this goes. The old one was requisitioned as a landing strip in the Falklands War. In this series, we hope to examine a lot of the great mysteries of the universe, such as why do ships vanish in the Bermuda Triangle? Why do salmon swim upstream to spawn? And why do people keep giving Ken Russell money to make films? <laughs> He's making another one, you know. <laughs> one of the most influential of Western thinkers was Nietzsche, who, in his book, also Sprach Zarathustra, was the first to posit the notion of... Hi there, I'm... So, someone else comes in, in front of the screen here. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, you are too. <laughs> and I just popped by to wish my old pal, Alexi Sale, a very happy 50th birthday. It's a cartoon picture of Alexi Sale, 1939 to 1989. And this, they're in an animation studio now. It's hard to believe that this cute little fella is really just an animated cartoon character. Right, Holly? Right, Dick. I guess we make him seem so real. You forget, he's actually nothing more than a sequence of drawings all run together. So they're showing how he's just sort of an animated character. That's the gag, you know, and they go on with it. But um, they did that with David Letterman, and I don't know if I haven't looked for it yet, but I mean, if maybe I can find it, like where they sort of implied David Letterman as an, like an audio animatronic figure. I wonder how many other people did that. Let me see if I can find the Letterman one. Let's see. Okay, all right. So this is why I kind of had trouble finding it. It's Chris Elliott television miracle. This was uh, 
the sketch in question where it was not Letterman, it was Chris Elliott who was, a, who was like a robotic figurine. Kind of, a, sort of a, along the same lines. One's robotic, you know, like an audio animatronic figure, you know, and the other one's a cartoon. This is from uh, the Hol Letterman's Holiday Classic. I don't see the year, though. All right, welcome back. I'm going to take a second here to uh, thank Ted Turner for coloring all of her films tonight for us. Um, our, our next guest is what the TV Guide would call a semi-regular on this show. You know him as uh, any one of a dozen running characters, all pretty much identical. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Chris Elliott. Hi, Chris. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, name of your film is A Television Miracle. Right. That's the name of my film. You know, I've come on the show uh, for the last five, five years as a number of different characters. The conspiracy guy, the regulator guy, guy under the seats. Right. But I don't think, uh, I'm fairly new to the business, and I don't think the audience is that quite familiar with me. Okay. So what we did was a little background film on so me. So introduction to you with a little introduction, a little history of who I okay. am, and I think you'll all enjoy okay. it. Okay, it's called A Television Miracle. That's right. February 12th, 1982. <laughs> New York City. A celebrity-studded crowd turns out for the premiere of a new performer on the popular television show, Late Night. This night, they will witness a miracle. He gets out of this uh, limousine. Go behind the scenes and experience together the magic and the mystery of Chris Elliott's television miracle. But until that wonderful and glorious day, I'll be right here, watching you, making your life a living hell. George Takei. <laughs> that always cracks me up. Hi, I'm George Takei. You know me as Helmsman Sulu on Star Trek. On board the Enterprise, we encountered life forms of many different kinds, but none as astonishing as a computerized marionette that acts as David Letterman's comedic foil. <laughs> I worked with Eli Wallach. I a stunning production of Death of a Salesman at the Winter Garden last year. It wasn't until a week after the show had closed that a friend of mine informed me that Elliot, this magnificent feeling performer I so admired, and with whom I'd spent many hours on stage and off, was not human. That's it. Oh. Not human, perhaps, but certainly alive. <laughs> there he is, as a, as a puppet head on a table. <laughs> Life is a job of its creator, Gail Nelson, who has been designing and building puppets since he fled his native New Zealand some 30 years ago. <laughs> you did a lot of work in films and then television in the early 60s. Yes, uh, you know, I designed the hook for Captain Hook in the original... Anyway, you get the idea. It's a very similar concept. Sort of a, you know, as a sort of, uh, what would you call surreal comedy or something? Yeah. I don't know how I would look up if there's been other inst instances of this humorous concept within various comedic television programs. Maybe when AI gets a little better, we'll be able to figure this all out. Anyway, no no news whatsoever on the website. The website's still working, which I guess is good. I, I mean, it's up and running. 
and uh, you know, I suppose I could just wait it out to see if they do transfer that stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's very strange, very bizarre uh, situation here, but I know when it's all worked out, we'll look back on it as it's just a minor bump in the road on the journey of Onsug Radio now, now, don't you think? Anyway, today's episode is called Antarctic Rooks, and this, this, epi- this episode and show art were sort of in development for a long time, and they never really quite were fully developed, and I figured it was just time to sort of let it loose. Um, yeah, Antarctic Rooks, as I sh- say on the show art, is an anagram of carrot on a stick. And I think the idea of a carrot on a stick is you see, like, in old movies and stuff that if you want to, like, like I guess, a, is it a mule or a donkey that's very stubborn or stubborn as a mule, right? That's, a, that's what they say. Um, that if you want to get it to move, you sort of attach this stick to its head and hang a carrot because I guess mules love to eat carrots. And you just hang it so, it's, so the, the mule sees it there in front of, in front of itself. So it moves towards the carrot, but of course the carrot never gets any closer because it's just enticing it. And uh, it's become kind of a, a symbolic phrase, a euphemism, what, what, whatever you call it, for, for ways to motivate people to some sort of goal that they may never achieve. So carrot on a stick. And I, I looked up anagrams. This is quite a while ago, and I found it quite remarkably Antarctic rooks. And um, <clears throat> I, I said about, you know, I, I wanted to create a show called Antarctic Rooks, and I was I started creating, I was thinking of doing, you know, rooks like the uh, the crow, like the bird. I think I was working towards that in this art you see. This is basically an, an art that I abandoned like many months ago. But I just kind of liked the way it looked, uh, just sort of in its unfinished state. Um, I think I was going to try to put crows on top of the rooks. So rooks, like chess rooks, you know, the chess piece is like a, cylindrical castle kind of chess piece kind of thing. You know, the rook, the ones that go at the ends, they can go straight up and down, but they can't go diagonally. They can't jump like a, like the, uh, the, the knights, you know. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> this art, the Antarctica part, I did create using a Photoshop AI. And I found Photoshop was, the AI was very limited. It, it couldn't create chess rooks. It had no idea what I was talking about. So these rooks are from, uh, Pixabay, sort of the free-to-use image source. And, uh, yeah, I was intending on really doing more with this image, but, yeah, it just sort of, this is where I, I left off, and I kind of like it. That's why, that's why I wanted to produce it. And as far as the typography, I, a, a week or two ago, a, a week ago maybe, I was sort of struck by inspiration. I remembered um, this, this kind of bad logo for a video game company called Telegames. Um, and I think they made a lot of games for the Atari Lynx. Um, <clears throat> that was like a rough time with video games. The Atari had kind of fallen by the wayside. Atari was so <coughs> so big and so huge and so amazing. Yeah, here's like an example of one, right? Yeah. Um, you know, they released the, the Lynx, which was a handheld color system, which had such potential. And I did play it a lot. There were some good games on it, but... It, yeah, I don't know what happened. And then a Jaguar, which is one you plug into your TV, and that was also kind of a disaster. But this this company called Telegames, I'm not even sure 
what this company was. They had kind of a crappy like logo inside of a a red <coughs> oval kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's like uh, Link's version of Raiden. But that's weird. That's a different logo than I was thinking of. When I looked it up, I found a logo that used uh, <clears throat> the font ITC Souvenir, I think bold italic. That's weird. The, what I'm seeing now is like a different logo. So sort of in, weirdly inspired by that logo. Hold on, let me see. Tele, Telegames logo. <clears throat> that's sort of where this... Yes, yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly... You know, I... And I didn't have to... Tr- you know, go to any website to identify it. I knew that was souvenir. That's an easy one to identify for a font maniac like me. You know, um, <clears throat> so inspired by that, I created the the typography on here, which is that maybe not the same red color, a similar red color. Kitty, it's Vegas. Vegas is having a hard time because the house cleaners came yesterday, and he always gets freaked out. And like for at least a day afterwards, he's he's like not himself. He he won't eat. He uh, and he just he's just he's just really. I feel so terrible. My poor kitty cat is uh, having a hard time. Usually he snaps out of it after about twenty four hours. So hopefully soon he'll he'll start to snap out of it. Vegas, come on. <coughs> poor kitty cat. Anyway, yeah, so I, I used that same font or a similar version of the font and uh, just typeset that. And I figured I would just throw on there the, the, that it's the anagram of carrot on a stick, you know. But I want to see where carrot on a stick comes from. Let's see. I know when I thought of it, that, like, I was thinking, like, how they control people and uh, carrot and stick. I don't know. I thought it was carrot on a stick. Hmm. <coughs> carrot and stick. I don't. Know, I, I. I could have sworn it was the other one. The phrase "carrot and stick" is a metaphor for the use of a combination of reward and punishment to induce the des- a desired behavior. Europe, nineteen sixteen, an anti-war cartoon by Boardman Robinson depicting death, enticing an emaciated donkey towards a precipice with a carrot labeled "victory." See. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in politics, carrot, carrot or stick sometimes refers to a realist concept of soft and hard power. The carrot is the context would be, in this context, would be the promise of economic or diplomatic aid between nations, while the stick might be the threat of military action. Okay, so this is not making any sense to me because it's a carrot on a stick. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Now, wait a minute. Carrot and stick. Uh, yeah, this is not making any sense to me. This is not like, let me just search carrot on a stick. I thought it was such a normal phrase. I, I mean, I, I can't. Carrot on a stick. Carrot on a stick. Uh, hmm. Washington State University. Carrot on a stick versus the carrot or the stick. I didn't know about any of this stuff. The Usenet group Alt Usage English has debated this expression several times, most recently in spring 1998. That was real recent, yeah. <coughs> um, when is this article from? It's 2024 now, if I didn't say so. 
I know people could be listening to this in any sort of context. And yeah. No one there presented definitive evidence, but dictionaries agree that the proper expression is the carrot or the stick. What? That makes no sense. It's a stick with a, a string at the end hanging as a carrot hanging out. One person on the web mentions an old Little Rascal short. That's exactly what I was going that, – that's exactly – that's where I got all my information, the Little Rascals, in which an animal was tempted to move forward by a carrot dangling from a stick. I think the image is much older than that, going back to old magazine cartoons, certainly older than the animated cartoons referred to by correspondents on alt-usage English. But I'll bet the cartoon idea stemmed from a loose association with the original phrase, the carrot or the stick, rather than the other way around. An odd variant is the claim broadcast on National Public Radio on March 21, 1999, that one Zebediah Smith originated the technique of motivating stubborn animals. This is almost certainly an urban legend. <laughs> I hadn't heard that urban legend, that Zebediah Smith figured out how to get donkeys and mules to move forward, putting a carrot on a stick. Note that the people who argue for carrot on a stick never cite any documentable early use of the supposed correct expression. For the record, here's what the supplement to the Oxford English Dictionary has to say on the subject. Carrot. Uh, <clears throat> figure with allusion to the proverbial method of tempting a donkey to move forward by dangling a carrot before it. An enticement, a promise, promised or expected reward, frequently contrasted with stick, punishment as the alternative. Yeah, this is not making sense to me. I, I'm, I, this, this is all new to me. Carrot or the stick. Ugh, come on. All right, I am like, let's try to find that little little rascals episode. This is where, this is, I think, <clears throat> where I came to understand it. <clears throat> this is very bizarre that there's a lot of debate about this stuff. <clears throat> is it Honky Donkey? Is this the one? It was really quite amazing that um, this 1930s television show became such a huge afternoon TV in the 70s for Gen X youth like me. Is this it though? Let me, let me sort of... Okay. Why isn't it showing me a preview going forward? Da, da, da. Good old days, the song. Do, 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 do. Honky donkey. It just was perfect for 70s entertainment. There we are. We're just going to tuck you in all nice and comfy. We don't want Mother's little organ to catch cold. Oh, I remember Something's this one. going to drive you right home. And don't you talk to any strange children. Understand? Yes. Very well. Barkley. Barkley. Yes, madam. Take very good care of Wallace all the way home. Quite, quite. He, oh, he was pretending to be sick, and now he's ready to go play with the other kids. Yes. We're not going that way. We're going this way. This way? And drive through some alleys. Some alleys? Yeah, and some dirty ones. Oh, goodness gracious, dear me. Get going. 
let's fast forward. I want to find the donkey here. <laughs> Wait, I'm the on the verge. Get! Get him out of here! Get the, him out of here! The donkey is in the house. I don't know if it's a... That's, a, that's the episode I'm looking for. Hmm. No, that it was called Algebra. It was a donkey called Algebra. Oh, come on. Right? <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, it, this show really kind of, The Little Rascals really represents the connection that we had as Gen X youth in the 70s to Previous times, the 30s and 40s especially, um, in what was on television, right? We formed this bond with this earlier time, which I don't think, I don't know how many other generations really sort of had that. Because um, all of the, the local television stations that weren't affiliated with any of the big networks were looking for dirt cheap stuff to show on TV because they seemed to be on a shoestring budget. So as kids, we got exposed to tons of old content like that. Mule out al- the mule algebra. I guess they're saying it was hunky donkey. I have to do more research. Hold on, let me pause. Go to your show tonight. Okay, so they're saying it is this episode, Hook and Ladder, slapstick comedy, Hollywood's golden age. That has the carrot on the stick. They used to show on TV in the afternoons in the 1970s. Our gang comedies. Hal Roach presents his rascals in Hook and Ladder. A Robert McGowan production. This song is amazing. And you know that group, musical group from the Netherlands, uh, the Bohunks, uh, recreated this music back in the 90s since there was no good, clean, recorded version of any of this music. Public asked to answer all fire alarms. Oh, the little rascals have become uh, firemen, yeah. Yes, this is all very familiar to me. I'm just trying to scan forward here and see where when algebra comes in. <laughs> They're all firemen. Hmm. Oh, this song, yeah. Little dancing girls, the name of the song. Volunteers. We don't get no pay. This spanky, very young. How come? I don't want any pay. You breezy? Uh-uh. All I want to do is work work. All right. I'm trying to find where algebra is. It's here. a real song. Not a fire. <laughs> I can't get this decision. This has 173,000 views. Oh, this song I know, too. This... Is this algebra? Well, this is kind of similar. <laughs> they, they <laughs> There's a cat inside a cage, and then they pull up a little plate so the dog can see it, and it starts to run on this uh, treadmill to make the car move. Yes, and here's the carrot on the stick. Here it is. This is the actual carrot on the stick to make the donkey or the mule go. <laughs> That's that. This is where I got. This is where I. And they have they have uh, goats, a horse. <laughs> oh my god! 
The carrot on the stick. Is that was that it? He stayed in the show till he was about 20 uh, when MGM took over and they weren't quite as good. Yeah, carrot on the stick. Okay, so I'm completely confused now that uh, um, carrot or the stick. Which, in, in a way, it kind of. Um, kind of. Uh, that phrase kind of. Echoes the ultimate revolution, a uh, in a talk that Aldous Huxley gave that you can find on YouTube very easily. Aldous Huxley, the ultimate revolution. Now an essayist, novelist, nineteen sixty-two. During the spring semester, is residing at the university in his capacity <clears throat> as a Ford Research Professor. Mr. Huxley has recently returned from a conference at the Institute for the Study of Democratic Institutions in Santa Barbara where the discussion focused on the development of new techniques by which to control and direct human behavior. So this, uh, this talk, I think, is sort of, in a way, the keystone, the Rosetta Stone, the... Um, what's there, there's another word I'm looking for. It's just, it, if you listen to this and really uh, understand what he's saying, it kind of helps you understand what's going on in the world today. Um, there was one, I've talked about this before on the show, and there's one comment on YouTube years ago where someone's like, the only reason they allow this to stay up is because people are too stupid to realize what it means. Uh, Aldous Huxley talks about his book, Brave New World, versus um, George Orwell's 1984, talking about two major uh, schools of thought for controlling a society. Uh, the one is he called terroristic uh, which is basically people are controlled through the stick, essentially. Um, they're, they're controlled through a, a fear of punishment, right? Um, whereas in Brave New World, people were uh, conditioned to sort of love their, their servitude uh, through uh, being drugged and various pleasures and things. And uh, he continues, so that's kind of the carrot or the stick, which is not what I thought it was, but... And he continues to talk about, you know, that was one aspect of it. The other aspect is that you can um, basically program people bypassing their conscious, consciousness and insert ideas deep in their mind. They won't even realize that they've been duped, that they've been controlled. That's how this process works, and you simply need to wear someone down so that they're mentally, physically, or emotionally exhausted and then start to tell them things say, you know, the, this is what it's really all about. This is what you should do. This is what is happening. And it can bypass someone's normal filter, right, for, for bringing in information. And you say, this is essentially describing how you brainwash people on a mass level. And he's like, everyone's like laughing, and it's like this jocular uh, speech he gave at Berkeley in California. But it's really rather chilling because it does seem to be the method that's being used um, whether you might say that in the case that, well, we don't really know why these people, he talks about the oligarchs, you know, when we would talk about the powers that be or the Illuminati, he uses the term oligarchs, ruled by the few. And he said, uh, 
Of course, there are always there have always been oligarchs. There always will be, and they all want to control society. He sort of glosses over that part, <laughs> like, well, why? Who are these people? Why are they so concerned about controlling society? But anyway, he he says that they will control society one way or another. They're going to do it, and that this method, um, using brainwashing as opposed to fear of punishment, is just can is not, is perhaps he says seems to be kinder on some level. But he says their motivation is by no is in no way uh, kindness. It is simply easier and cheaper to control the public using this method rather than the other method. It's really quite an amazing speech. So he's kind of talking about the carrot or the stick, <laughs> but it's carrot on a stick. Damn it! <sighs> See, back in the '90s, they were they were debating this. I didn't even realize this was a big debate. I'm on the carrot on a stick side, not the carrot or the stick side. Ah, what do you want? So just in the past day or two, I've been uh, uh, re- replaying a game that I used to play a lot called Bejeweled 3. And uh, this game came out in December of 2010, I believe. That is uh, over 13 years ago. And... Um, Really, was it only that long ago? I guess so. Uh, this is the match three game where you have the gems and you have to match them into into lines of three, which uh, you know has has since become like a phone game with all the microtransactions and the different currencies and like Candy Crush stuff like that. But, but this was kind of before all that in 2010. The company was called PopCap. They made a lot of great games until they were bought by Electronic Arts, which I guess some people think kind of ruined them. It does happen. A game company. I don't, this is the. This is what's sort of mystifying. It's a successful game company. They're doing great. They're making tons of money. Oh no! We have to sell ourselves to another company so they can destroy us. Why can't they just stay their own company? I know there's some sort of convoluted economic explanation for it all, but the game is so good. It's like um, it has all these different game modes, but it's just really incredible. Like the sound. The music, the pacing, and everything. There's so many different game modes on Bejeweled 3. It even has binaural beats. Remember that whole thing? I I think binaural beats are kind of forgotten at this point, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's where you would be wearing headphones and there would be one continuous tone like, in one ear, and then in the other ear it would be like, and somehow... There was this psychological effect of it where it would create like this weird pattern sound and they were saying it could like induce states of consciousness and stuff. Whatever happened to binaural beats? People swore by them back then. But there are actually binaural beats built into this game. Let, let me see if, if, if anything ever happened with this. This is one of those. Do binaural beats actually work? Binaural beats in the lower beta frequencies, 14 to 30 hertz, have been linked to increased concentration and alertness, problem solving, and improved memory. Hmm. I just never hear anyone talking about that anymore, binaural beats. I don't know. Deep sleep, healing and pain relief, meditation, anti-aging, access to the unconscious mind. 
meditation, deep relaxation, creativity, relax and focus, reduce stress. All of this, the list goes on and on. No. There was a trend at one point. So many trends came and went in the past few decades. It's getting kind of confusing, don't you think? But yeah, the one mode, there's like eight game modes on Bejeweled 3, and the one that I really uh, like the most is called Diamond Mine, and it was that actually was the original name of the game, Diamond Mine, before it became Bejeweled. And this one, you have to dig down into the earth and dig up gold and treasures all while trying to beat the clock. Okay, Mr. Mojo the Cat, you can have your chair. He wants to steal my chair. Kidding. Okay, you can have it. He loves my office chair. All right, Kitty, you can have it. I'll use one of the other chairs. It's not quite as comfortable, but Kitty needs his chair. Kitty, you like it? Come on. Anyway. Yeah, I really like that mode. I was trying it out a little bit. Of course, the game is really, really low resolution, so... I don't know if they're ever going to, like, update it, but, like, yeah, like, uh, like, I don't know, if you, if you look online now, like, what's, if you look up Bejeweled, like, what, where do you, like, how could you, uh, play it? What? There's a Taylor Swift song called Bejeweled? I don't know. Bejeweled classic? Yeah. Oh yeah, Bejeweled Classic looks like it looks like it has all those modes. It looks like Bejeweled Classic is That's a weird. It is like Bejeweled 3. When did that come out? Can play it on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it out. That's weird. It's it's actually available. It looks like the same exact one. Hmm. Interesting. It's a bit later on now. I've got a package in the mail here. I believe it is a fish t-shirt. So let's open it up here. Yes, indeed. This is... Yeah, uh, the T-shirt from the uh, the New Year's run. And in fact, I have a hoodie with the same exact logo and coloration. But this is when they did Gamehenge uh, at the end of December. Wow, cool T-shirt, man. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope for the Sphere, but ticket prices seem to have gone up in the resale market. A single ticket costing $3,000 for four nights. I don't know. I don't know what my cutoff is. 2000 I don't know. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't spend so much money on something like that. Uh, but I did see there's a ticket available in Section 209, which, of course, would be the best. One ticket. A single ticket. This is the Sphere in Las Vegas, by the way. Uh, the ticket, the one ticket in Section 209 for all four nights, $11,000 for one ticket. What the? Who the, who, who, who was going to buy it for? A ticket for $11,000. It's like, it's insane. 
But of course, Fish is going to be in Mexico next week. I'm going to watch that from home. And then, of course, there's that festival in Delaware. I guess I'm not going to. I don't know. Fish, a fish can dominate your life. But it's worth it because the shows are so good. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, I tried the, uh, the phone version of Bejeweled 3 called Bejeweled Classic. It is, uh, wow. It's the same game, but it's just full of ads and microtransactions and little boosters and things. It just took something that was beautiful and pure and perfect that you paid for once and you can play forever into something nasty like all these phone games with all the microtransactions. Of course it did. What do you want? Ugh. But I guess they really do make more money that way. Oh, God. But game companies used to be able to stay in business. They made a game and you bought it and then you can play it forever. It's on a cartridge, it's on a CD, whatever. What happened? What happened to the world? Yeah, not on the porch. What is that sound? Water dripping or something? It's an odd sound. I hear it, but I don't see it. Hmm. It's from the gutters or something? I don't know. Yeah, so the website situation, I mean, I guess... At the moment, it's all working. I, I, I mean, I did re-upload the last two years of the files that were deleted. Hopefully, they, they won't re-delete them before it gets transferred to the new server. I have no idea when they're going to do this new server thing. But I guess at this point, it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I guess things are kind of back to normal, but then when they transfer to the new server, there could be a whole set of new problems. We'll have to cross that bridge. When we uh, come to it, yes. Yes, it's been, like, this past week, right, has just been such crazy energy. Like, I, last episode, I talked about all the weird stuff that happened over the weekend. Right? And it's, this is, yeah, so it, it all started with that just paint and sip when I, paint and sip where I painted that weird painting that was last episode show art, and then going into New York City and the witchcraft store and the Super Bowl and then the website crashing and then the snow and oh my god a lot of stuff has been happening all sorts of stuff but I have a three day weekend it's President's Day on Monday so three days off, nice and no uh, particular plans just uh, can chill out work on the website maybe or uh, yeah, ha the book actually you know the um the PDF version of the book, I usually update it every month. I haven't really, I haven't updated it since the publication of the book. So I have to work on that as well. And then reformatting the 3,000-page ex digital extension part of the book. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff to do. Anyways, with that, I'd like to say thank you so much for uh, patching into this episode of The Overnightscape. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora. We're here in Nutley, New Jersey. And earlier we were in New York City, as you heard. Manhattan and the Bronx, yes. We're here in OnSug Radio, broadcasting from inside the book. And, you know, eventually I do see at some point in the future the website will be no more. I don't think there will be any websites anymore. At some point in the future it will all be in the book. The book will be one object that contains all the data, all the shows, all the descriptions, all the data. Everything will be inside the book. 
physically, metaphorically, symbolically, however you want to say it, the book, like, you know, in the future, the world's going to be like a virtual reality, right, in the computer. And so if you have the book, the book will then contain all of the shows, all of the audio. That is the dream. That's the hope. That's the concept. Going to make it happen. The website is just a, a you know, a, a step on the way there to achieve that goal. You see what I'm saying? And then I guess eventually we'll release the shows will be released directly to the book, however that works. Listen, this is anticipating future technologies that may or may not ever exist. But you got to do such things to keep up with the times, right? Things are constantly changing. Indeed. So anyway, what is Onsug Radio? We are a, a small group of people creating these shows. Uh, with uh, the, the, with several aspects that make us unique, we know that the style of our shows is really different, um, as you can tell. Sorry, I had to pause there for a second. Um, yeah, we have a unique style, as you've heard. This show very uh, freeform, stream of consciousness. Not really stream of consciousness per se, but you know, I would say that what what I do on this show is sort of in a way akin to what a stand up comedian does, but instead of memorizing stuff and repeating it over and over every night. I just say it once. I just I write down notes and I talk about the stuff. But it's a similar art form. I don't think a lot of people do this exact form um, as a podcast. I really don't. We've, but we have people here that do it. The monologue format, where you're not reading it off a piece of paper. Though, you know, I know that some people do that, and that's fine. You can do that also if you want. I don't read it off a piece of paper. I talk off the top of my head. I have the notes jotted down. But I don't stick to any one topic. We, I, I, I just talk about anything and everything that I find to be interesting and newsworthy, onsugworthy, whatever you want to say. Uh, we have a massive archive, of, which is part of the reason why the, the, uh, the issues with the website, there's so many files. Um, and it's all on the Internet Archive because they will store that for you for free. Hopefully that will continue on that way. Um, yeah, we have over uh, 14,000 hours of audio equates to over a year and seven months of audio and nearly 12,000 individual episodes in the archive. And it's all preserved. It's all free forever. We're a non-commercial project, right? We, there's, it's all based on being non-commercial, not just non-profit, but non-commercial, which I know is very alien to people these days. It wasn't my original intent, but this project just turned out that way. And I think it's all, it's all the stronger for that. I don't think this project would have lasted very long if there's any money involved. You know, I really don't. <coughs> um, and, of course, we want to – our goal is to preserve our shows for people in both the near and far future. So it existing in the far future is extremely important to me. And uh, getting getting there, preserving everything and figuring out file formats and storage techniques and migration techniques from format to format, et cetera. That's probably where you can help if wherever you are and whenever you are in the future – uh, help out if you can to help preserve this. It's going to be, you know, I, I'm hoping that we'll get to a point where as an object in the physical world or in the virtual world, it will be in a format that is fairly robust and uh, and, and, and can persist in both those aspects of it. Um, but of course, you know, we have to wait and see those technologies. You know, right now it's, you know, flash drives, SSDs, things like that. In the future, what will it be? We'll see. If you can help, please do. Help preserve the shows. Help spread the word of Onsug Radio. Of course, 
you can buy the book as well. The book I just put out uh, about a month and a half ago at the end of the year of 2023, the brand new edition. It is such an incredible improvement over the previous one. Lists all the shows up till the end of October 2023. Of course, now it's February 2024. And uh, the digital, the PDF version has the digital extension, which has all of the show notes additionally. And right now, mu- some show art and eventually all the show art will be in there. Um, that's the next big project. There's a lot of big projects. But anyway, um, yes, so we are the radio station inside the book. And... Um, now that you found us, you know about us, and we'll be here. We are your radio pals. We'll be here for the rest of time to keep you company, especially at, like people on spaceships going to other star systems and stuff. They have to sit there for like I don't know hundreds of years to to wait to go to the next star system. This is a good thing to listen to. This could take. I mean, I'm sure you know <coughs> people. Well, are are they going to be in like suspended animation? But they might still be conscious, so it'd be good to have something like this to listen to. Don't you think? Keeping you company, hundreds or thousands of years being frozen on a freaking spaceship in the middle of nowhere, outer space. I think I would like that. I'm sure all interstellar craft are equipped with OnSug Radio for your listening pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your voice can be on this network. So those people in a spaceship can hear what you have to say. There's a show called Overnightscape Central put out each month now by Dave in Kentucky. And... Um, the last episode uh, just came out, Old Time Radio, as I mentioned, Old Time Rock and Roll and Old Time Religion. And uh, the next topic uh, coming up, let me look it up here. The next topic, this is this is due March 10th, 2024, at 6 p.m. Central Time, morning coffee, evening drinks, and other minor vices. So you can talk about one, two, or all three of those topics. I mean, it, it, it gives you a very wide swath to talk about. And uh, record your audio and just send it to Dave in Kentucky at DaveKY at Mail.com. That's D-A-V-E-K-Y at M-A-I-L dot com. If you have any questions, you can email him as well, and I'm sure he will be very happy to uh, work with you to help you get your submission into Overnightscape Central. And on to those spaceships, yes. <laughs> spaceships not guaranteed. Well, we don't know. I, we, well, you know. You know me. I, I, I entertain all aspects, all ideas. Is space even real? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the concept of spaceships, you might these people might think they're on a spaceship, but they're they're just being fooled. But they still need something to listen to. These poor people. They need something to listen to. And that's where Ansug Radio comes in. Yes. Now let's take an interstellar journey of our own, which will be done in the blink of an eye and the span of an eon. From the sacred to the profane, the microscopic to the macroscopic, the quecto to the queta, this is The Other Side. Attention ladies and gentlemen, please stand by. I'd like you to keep all your hands and feet clear as the doors will now be closing. I'd like to welcome you aboard the monorail. My name is Gary, I'll be your guide for today. Before it starts, I'd like to point out that for your safety, please remain seated at all times. Also, there's to be no eating, drinking, or smoking permitted. On the doors of each cab, you'll find the letters A and B, which I'll be referring to as guides. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the color and pageantry of the great celebration of the 20th century. 
As we depart Centennial Plaza, we are entering the 15-acre Great Hall neighborhood known as the New Orleans Convention Center. It is the third largest convention center in the United States, and it offers shelter to many state, corporate, and local exhibits. Off to our left, or side A, we are now passing over the Louisiana Pavilion. It will offer a 12-minute boat ride through realistic swamps and bayous, and even a simulated hurricane. It will also show you how we build, who we are, and how we work. Crazily. As, uh, it seems to me that the hurricane has already hit here at the... Off on side yeah, I B, or to our right, is the taste of a Louisiana restaurant. Or they're evacuating for saying. state delicacies. And I hope that some of you who are new to New Orleans or who are just visiting our city for the first time are brave enough to try some crawfish. On side A, or Here's the cash register exhibit down below. And shortly coming into view on side A is New Orleans' own TV6 or the WDSU Telecommunications Center. It will be the first television station on a fair site. You can site see they're uh, showing various test fair. patterns in the well telecommunication Canada, center. In the United Kingdom. In the middle of the convention center, off to site B, we'll rear. find a lake. It offers five floats by Tulane University. We'll provide you with show. Well, they're watching, and we're going to watch the pulsating the human pulse, heart here while everyone else uh, watches the lake. I'm, I myself am more concerned with the heart than the lake. The road on side A or to your left is the Great River Road exhibit. It will include ten states and two Canadian provinces. This exhibit includes ten states. Correct. Deceptively, uh, two, in two Canadian provinces. What provinces are those? Ontario, and I can't remember which one the other one is. Probably unpronounceable. It has an exhibit on blacks and slavery and a film on their trip from Africa to the United States. On side B is the Mississippi Pavilion. It houses seven 20-foot screens for an audiovisual program from the ocean through the state in 3D. As we exit the convention center on side A, you'll find the giant wheel. It's the largest Ferris wheel in North America, and it can carry up to 150 people. No Next to that is the water garden, no especially for the young at heart. Right. Two days ago, there was no wheel. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow. Water yeah. toys and fountains and a kid wash, which will put children through the same car wash as the family automobile. That's good, good news to a lot of parents. It's a half-mile collage of colors and shapes. It offers not only small-scale exhibits and performance areas, but a permanent Mardi Gras parade. As we enter the station, I'd like to remind you, please remain seated until we've come to a complete stop and the doors are fully open. At this time, if you're exiting, please ensure that you have all personal belongings with you. Exit through side B and proceed carefully down the ramp. So we're going to be exiting through side B. Oh, stay in the car. Sorry. Where? Well, where are we? We haven't made a complete circle yet. Oh, I see. Once again, Pam just saying something for the sake of saying something. No, I wasn't. See what I mean? I'm not. Let's get to the bottom of this psychological problem right now. Why are you in a hurry? <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we had made a complete circle, and we would just get dizzy if we went around again. I was confused. Again, good afternoon. My name is Gary. Before we start, I'd like to point out that for your safety, please remain seated at all times. 
There's also be no eating. What was your opinion of the What was your opinion of the first part of the trip? I was uh, very excited by it. Uh, the sight of the water and the boats combined together just uh, brought to my mind a very good time. It happened to me when I was three years old. Way back in the bayous, my daddy was wrestling alligators, and uh, we were all in a boat playing. The boat tipped over, and I swam to the side, and I made it. So that just made me think about my poor mom and dad still wrestling alligators out there. Do you think your pulse rate and heart rate went up abnormally during that time? Abnormally, but not very uh, to a high rate where I thought I was going to have a heart attack or anything like that. I kept it uh, under control uh, as much as I could. What station are you guys with? This is Cable Atlanta Channel 16. Two stages okay. and a 1500 seating capacity. You can hear the very best of blues, jazz, reggae, and country 12 hours a day by a variety of entertainers and musicians. Thunder and Ferris wheel the next half day. They could have people just hanging on the bar. <laughs> Coming up on side A or to our left, you'll find the Cajun Village and the beginning of the Cajun Walk. We will offer an authentic replica of swamp living and will serve such fine foods as gumbo, jambalaya, shrimp creo, and for you willing souls, alligator sausage. Off to side B are some of the fair's amusement rides, the Skylab and the Cyclo Tower. There's the ride I want to ride right down there. You also find on side B the Aquacade. The twin 95-foot towers are the first of its kind since the New York Fair in 1939. Will feature synchronized swimmers and water ballet. I wonder if this is the design now. House, which in the front of the cab is just there beginning is to pass. To your side B is the Con Energy House. It features the latest in conservation technology and will be for sale after the fair is over. The large building directly behind the house is the Chrysler Pavilion. It will illustrate the company's increased use of robotics, as well as giving us a glimpse of the 1985 production models. How many of you know that Mr. Lee Iacocca, the president of Chrysler, was the main designer of the Ford Mustang until he left for Chrysler? As we cross over the River Railroad Corridor, we'll be entering the International Riverfront neighborhood. Off to side B, the multi- I think that's a euphemism for bad neighborhood. Two 3D theaters that will take you through the rivers of our great country in the filth, water, source of life. In front, there will fly 52 American flags that will symbolize our country, states, and territories. Next to the pavilion, tied to the wharf, is U.S. Corps of Engineers dredging vessel Kennedy. Throughout the fair, numerous ships will be docked here for your enjoyment. Then it's off to the Enterprise on side B. The prototype of the development of the space shuttle fleet receives its name from the vessel that Captain Kirk commanded in the television series Star Trek. Off to side A, you'll find the beginning of the International Pavilion. It houses two dozen foreign participants, including Canada, Korea, Mexico, and France, to name a few. If you're hungry, they offer some of the very finest in dining at the European Continental Restaurant. 
So how do you guys feel about the International River neighborhood? The sky That's somebody else. Offer an aerial lift along the riverfront. I think it's wonderful. And of course, you'll find the Mississippi River. Doesn't remind you of your childhood? As we enter the station, I'd like to remind you: please remain seated at all times until we come to a complete stop and the doors are fully open. Unfortunately, we're not going to disembark anybody here due to, due to the heavy construction that's still going on here. I'd like you to just sit back and relax, enjoy the sights around you until we receive clearance to proceed on. If you notice, I do not have an accent. I am not originally from Louisiana. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's got a job, taking a job away from a native Louisianan. What do you people think about that? Why we hunt alligators? As we depart the front station on side B, you'll find a 375 foot aerial gondola that can commute up to 1,800 people an hour across the Mississippi. It will remain here after the fair is over. Tickets for the four and a half minute journey are sold separately near the ride and cost $3.50 round trip. For those who want a treasured photograph of the fair, the gondola probably <laughs> offers the finest aerial view of the fair other than the helicopter. Back again to side A is the tail end of the International Pavilion, which houses Egypt, Liberia, Peru, our neighbors from down under Australia, and the VIP Club Rivers. Straight ahead and coming up on side B, if you take a look through the amphitheater, you'll find the China Pavilion. It offers silk goods and furniture until the fair is over, and of course the 5400-seat amphitheater. With the backdrop provided by the river, it offers many star-studded performances until the fair is over. We finally found out the correct pr pronunciation is amphitheater. Not amphitheater, not amphitheater, but amphitheater. As we pass back over the railroad corridor, we are now entering the Centennial Plaza, which was built to commemorate the 1884 Cotton Exposition, which was held in Audubon Park here in New Orleans. Off on side A, you take a look, uh, I believe they have not completed it yet, you'll find the Frey Gazebo will feature turn of the century entertainment with barbershop quartets, singing, and a magician. Still on side A, under the multicolored tent is the antique carousel. I'm sure it will bring back lazy day summer memories from the past. And the Empress Walk, which will run next to the next to the lagoon. <laughs> next on side B is the petroleum industries. And uh, let's see, what you're saying, you want to show? Yeah, get all alligators. Say all alligator hunters watch the American The 50,000 gallon saltwater aquarium, simulating sea life on the bottom. They're changing the time. Coming up shortly on side B are the famous oh, and once controversial mermaids which mark the main entryway into the fair. Between them, on top of the ark, is a pelican. The brown pelican is Louisiana's state bird and the mascot of the fair. His name is Seymour Duffer. <laughs> As we cross over the beginning of the Wonder Wall, 
You'll see off to side B the beginning of the Fulton Street Mall. Open until 2 a.m., it's the fair's late night area with nightclubs, bars, and fine restaurants. The white structure on side B is the American Electrical Energy Exhibit, which is composed of a society of utility companies showcasing the unlimited uses of electricity. As we enter the station, I'd like to remind you, please remain seated until we've come to a complete stop and the doors are fully open. At this time, take a look around you and please ensure that all personal belongings are with you. For those exiting, please exit through side B and proceed carefully down the ramp. Thank you for riding with us today. I truly hope that you enjoy the 1984. World's Fair.
On the Forbes magazine list of richest celebrities last year, the name Shusha was right up there with Bill Cosby, Oprah Winfrey, and Kevin Costner. That made a lot of people ask, Shusha who? You will find out who she is, what she does, and how to spell her name from Shusha herself. Here's today's Inside Story. She's the biggest performer in South America, hotter than Madonna. She's constantly mobbed and can't go out in the streets by herself. Her name is Shusha, spelled X-U-X-A. And she's the host of a children's TV show six days a week in Brazil. Blonde, blue-eyed, and six feet tall, Shusha is the sensual Pied Piper of youth, now in 16 countries throughout the world. And she signed a deal with American Television to bring her show to the United States. When I begin, just to begin, I love and I have a dream to do the best and, and the best and, and receive the best too. Shusha is so powerful that when she did a public service announcement for polio vaccinations, over 90% of the country's children were vaccinated. In Argentina, fans stay round the clock outside her home and dog her every footstep. One day in Rio, when we followed her to the Shusha Foundation, a charity she founded to help poor kids. Fans waited for hours out front, on nearby houses, on walls, and in trees to catch a glimpse of her. Then when she tried to leave, her car was mobbed. With all of his fame and notoriety comes fear. Last year, a group of armed teen fans tried to kidnap her. They were killed by police, and now Shusha lives in terror. I'm afraid. I'm afraid about this. All the time I think this. When I go to the street and I think if the people clo stay with close with me, if, if you say, oh, give me an autograph or come with me, oh, it's bad. Shusha takes refuge from the crowds at this farm outside Rio. It's her sanctuary filled with animals that were given to her as gifts by her fans. She even keeps a museum of toys and other tokens bestowed on her by her followers. But this queen of South America is lonely. She has no personal life, although she admits a liking for John Kennedy Jr., whom she dated once. I do like no more him. Maybe. Hi, John. Not one to rest on her success, Shusha has further grand plans, including a giant Shusha theme park in Brazil. She's bought the land and is searching for investors to develop it. Plus, she plans on conquering America next year, taping shows in English for children here. I do like no United States. I do, I, I do like no the children in the United States. So I will try. Shusha's American syndicated show is expected to begin airing next year. Meanwhile, she could already be seen and heard in some American cities on the Spanish-language network Univision.
Back in the early 1960s, when the laser was first being developed, it was viewed by some as a fascinating research tool. Others called it a science fiction toy. Since that time, the laser has proved to be an instrument of many uses. In fact, in many places, it's becoming a part of everyday life. Take, for example, what's happening at some supermarkets. Food shopping Americans are coming face to face with lasers and computers for the first time, but they're hardly aware of it until they get to the checkout line. With scarcely a glance at the items, the clerk sweeps them across an aperture where a special marking on each item is scanned by a low-powered laser beam inside the machine connected to a remote computer. It started a few years ago when food processors agreed the time had come to put code markings on every one of their thousands of food products. This would make them instantly identifiable to a computer. The scanning laser beam was an ideal device for reading these markings, and so the universal product code was born. Practically every package today, every can and bottle, has these unique symbols. Gone is the time-consuming stamping of prices on each item. Prices are shown on the shelf. This new technology promises to keep food products moving smoothly on and off supermarket shelves, which will help keep overhead down and prices stable. At the end of each business day, the remotely located computer gives the store manager a total picture of the day's transactions, what he needs to restock, how much, and what he can mark down and put on sale. As for the customer, the most dramatic change is the way checkout lines keep moving. Since the cashier no longer has to worry about punching in each item and making change, the groceries are scanned and bagged rapidly. For the first time, the customer can see the transaction recorded and gets a receipt on which every item is printed by brand name, its price, even the time of purchase. And what's more, even the computer doesn't forget to say, thank you.
recording. I'm being photographed. What's wrong? Gotta go away. Yeah, come in here. Show mommy a picture of me with my arm. Supposed to make noise. Supposed to make noise. Supposed to let Testing. people know that you're doing it. I am. The second time. Okay, is that enough of a test? We'll see, we'll see how you see what did. Happened. Okay. All right, press the button again. Tell Bill's gonna see me making. No. You have to plug it in because he couldn't find the power pack. Whoa. It's moving. Okay. Oh, there's no tape in there. There isn't? Yeah, this is the tape here. Oh. Okay. Gotta push something, obviously. How long is it? What do I have to push? Oh, two hours. Oh, okay. I gotta push this. Not really. Well, wait. It's trying to focus, man. No, automatic focus. Not it. Wait. I got to, uh... Do you have a fade? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are there any instructions? Camera VCR. Uh, any instructions, huh? Display yeah, no, no instructions. instructions. Title. Oh, here you go. I'll only read instructions if all else fails. Yeah, yeah, let me try to figure it out first. Auto manual. It's on, wait, manual. it's on the camera. No, just wait. Auto manual. Maybe it doesn't come off from the CV. Yeah, it must. Don't make it look really dark. No. Squeeze. No, there's no tape there. Is there is. There is. Yeah. Was it recording? What's this? This is what I don't want. And What's, is this the tape you want? What? Is this the tape you want? Um. Let me see. I think I'm. Re I think we're recording now. So let me let me, let me make a test tape. Everyone say hello. Jim. This is stone, right? That. That's pretty good. Jim. That's it. That's it. I thought I'd such a queer. I thought uh, I'd such a queer now. Wait until you see Paul Bergen. Wait until you see Paul Bergen. You look good. Actually, that does, that does look like a queer one. Yeah. Does it? I have this queer cape. I don't know if you want me to wear it or not. Just put it on. Let's see. It's a queer cape. <laughs> I want to leave my collar up, Is too. it queer? I'm not going to put my collar down. Alright, alright. I don't know, do you want me to wear it on the side or. It was little red riding hood. I see. Big well, bad! John, you don't tell people that! Julia, do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Look. Pretty easy. Can you get anything, Frank? What? Is it over? I think it's. I, I, don't, I don't think you can get a picture while you're recording, alright? For some reason. Please, Well, we were taping. Choice like you my finger. We probably still are taping. I'll set this up. Oh, I was an iron worker today. Iron worker. Iron worker. Okay, let's stop. Is this good enough? Or just a case?
chegou o novo Danap Sabor a Popcorn. Nunca viste? Ganda filme! Novos Danap Sabor a Popcorn e Sabor a Cappuccino. Irresistíveis. Provam já antes que acabem.